0: Welcome to a Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of a Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is land You know what? I'm, I am I went over this, to, trying to pronounce this in the, the English way and the French way. How about you give us an introduction to yourself and pronounce your name properly so I don't butcher this brutally.
1: <laughs> no, no problem. Man. So my name is uh, Aurelien Bonin, that's the French pronunciation. Uh, I'm from France and you can call me Aurelien. Uh, <laughs> I was trained as a teacher. I came to Canada with four thousand uh, dollars, lived in a basement apartment in Toronto at the beginnings. Uh, had two bachelors with honors, uh, one in philosophy and one in German studies, uh, I speak three languages. And when I came to Canada, I started working for a foundation. Uh, the money that allowed for the foundation to work came from, uh, real estate investing. Uh, the gentleman was a, a mall developer, uh, quite a successful one.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I was very inspired by uh, his story. Uh, He was a Holocaust survivor and started from nothing. And um, I was making about $40,000 a year uh, and really wanted to do real estate investing. So I quit smoking, quit drinking to save money. I read The the Wealthy Barber and, you know, I started paying myself first. And my other motivation was that I wanted freedom. Uh, I didn't want to have a, somebody telling me what to do anymore. I wanted to run my uh, to run my show and uh, I started educating myself for free. I went to the library, uh got books.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh on a regular basis I started meditating and then focusing really on uh on switching my mind mindset from uh, being an employee to becoming a, an entrepreneur where, you know, I was to make the decisions. I was to be responsible for those decisions. And, uh, that was part of my growth process. Yeah, And, uh, part of the lessons of what I read in the books was that you need to invest where there is job growth. So, I looked at different markets, identified one that was out of province. Went there, met a realtor. We started working together. She helped me uh, grow my portfolio. And uh, so later on... So
0: whereabouts did you start? Where, what uh, what province did you go to to start with?
1: Uh, in New Brunswick.
0: Okay. So you're living in Toronto. You went out to New Brunswick.
1: Okay. Absolutely. And then... Um, from the there was a, per, a gentleman from whom I was buying a few properties. And he mentioned to me uh, mobile home parks and said they were fairly hands off. It got me curious. And uh, I always liked the US and was always intrigued by uh, investing in the US. And I started looking south of the border uh, for trailer parks. Once again, I educated myself uh, with Mobile Home University, and uh, listening to the podcast by Kevin Bopp.
0: I had and... him on the show. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, he's great. I listen to his show too. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then uh, I looked at states where I would personally like to go visit, where the you know the numbers made sense, but also where I'd like to visit myself. Mm-hmm. And uh California was on the was a bit too expensive. Uh Florida had hurricanes, which made it a bit difficult for this type of housing, which led me left me with uh, Texas and uh Arizona. And uh I like the state of Arizona, the climate uh, which is uh uh dry. Yeah, it's nice dry, fairly,
0: nice dry heat. <laughs>
1: fairly good for mobile homes and um so I started looking down there, and I, that's where I purchased the park uh, about two years ago.
0: Cool. All right. Got lots to dive in here already. So you went to New Brunswick. Uh, was there, like, um, I'm, sometimes I know even with for myself off the start, I was just taking stabs at things. But when you were going to New Brunswick, were you going there for uh, a specific thing? Were you going because it's more landlord-friendly? What, what drove you to New Brunswick? Uh, two things.
1: One uh, one of the factors I always take into consideration is the rental you can get compared to the purchase price per unit, okay. and uh, so that was a big bonus. Uh, secondly, indeed, it is fairly landlord friendly. Uh, the eviction process can take as little as sixteen days, uh, with the involvement of the sheriff. Uh, it takes a little longer in practice, but uh, <laughs> yeah. that was another aspect. Uh, and thirdly, um, when I was looking for job growth, I identified, I looked at the federal budget of 2012 and, uh, I started investing in 2013 and the government was going to create some jobs down there.
0: Cool. So did you go into, I'm, I'm guessing you're in the South then. So you're talking Fredericton, Moncton or St. John? Yeah yeah, Moncton, okay. yeah. Moncton. okay all right cool <laughs> uh i have family from out from new brunswick so i'm really familiar and i used to work out there so I'm really oh, familiar. yeah, yeah. pardon where's your family from uh the north so bathurst <laughs> oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah. <no Bathurst>. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um cool so then when you, you go down to uh the states you pick the market you're, gonna, you're going for uh arizona um what, what 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 kind of things were you looking for for trailer parks i i it's a little bit different than multifamily. I know, but what, what was, uh, what was your criteria? Uh,
1: the key aspects are, uh, it's similar to multifamily. You want a good school district. You look also at crime rate. Uh, I had some connections and was able to, uh, find out from the local police station, you know, where, where, which areas they used they were used, they were called in more, most often. And, um, and also uh, so the area was important and also uh, the type of park and uh, you really want to buy mobile home parks where most of the homes are tenant owned
0: yeah or convert them that way yeah Cause, exactly yeah because then you're, you're just managing the ground then my, yes. my biggest thing about because i was i've been very interested in mobile homes so my biggest concern for me personally, going into mobile homes is the property management, like having, cause I guess, did you go and hire a new property manager or just inherit who was there? How did you go about that? That's always my biggest concern cause that they're living on site, I would assume, right? You have a large enough park for that?
1: Yes, actually you're right. Uh, we inherited the property management okay. uh, they came with the property and uh, they live uh, right next door to there. And, uh, yeah, they help us with uh, the rent collection and they take all the phone calls and then, uh, they, you know, they let us know when, when things need to be addressed.
0: Okay. So they're, they're not living right on site then. So you're not providing the housing for them. You're paying them just, Mm -hmm. just the salary. Okay. So then if there's repairs, do are they the handyman as well, or do they hire somebody else out to do that?
1: Well, we have a tenant who does it.
0: Oh, (laughs) that's pretty (laughs) awesome too. (laughs) Did you, I'm guessing you inherited that too, or did you have to find that
1: person? <laughs> yeah, gave me the package.
0: <laughs> that's it. You got quite the package there. <laughs> you get the whole thing set up. That's awesome because that's always been my biggest thing. I'm like, if I bought one of these things and I got a terrible property management, what do I do? I'm kind of, you know, to start with, to hire somebody. Like, i did, like, who do you say you say you lose your property manager? Um, How would you even go about hiring another one? I guess ideally your old one could hire the new one, right? Would probably be the best, I guess.
1: Well, there are property management companies down there. So you would have to convince them because it's a fairly small park and they usually prefer to manage larger parks. I would call around, you know, the neighboring parks and see if uh, a park owner would be interested in managing that park. Uh, I've done that uh, quite a few times where when... For example, uh, some legislation changes, and I am curious how uh, other mobile home park owners are handling it. I just call around and then figure that figure out that way.
0: Cool, makes sense. So the park you picked, um, do you have city water, uh, city utilities, or okay, that's that's one thing to <laughs> I keep hearing as a, a repeating theme is you know taking on some of these yourself might be a, a bit of extra work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's all city utilities, uh, gas, uh, electricity and, uh, water and sewer.
0: Perfect. Yeah. It's nice to have that out of your head, out of your, you know, out of your control. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we build them back. So for the electricity, uh, we have a local company called spectrum that goes, uh, to the meters and reads the meters, same thing for gas and for water sewage. Also for the water, and then for sewage and uh, garbage, we have, a, we have a bill, one general bill, like I think I it, believe it's about300 dollars for garbage, and we have tens. we divide by 30, we 10 tenants, we divide it by 10, it's thirty dollars a month per tenant.
0: Cool. So for even was it spectrum you mentioned? that is that like just a Phoenix company or is that sort of like a piece of, of hardware that can do this? I believe it's statewide statewide. Okay. And so that's actually pretty intriguing because I I have a multifamily that we're converting to put some meters in, but it's very expensive. And if I could have something that even if I had one main meter and then had a way of actually reading it to split it out to the tenants would be one way to solve the problem a lot cheaper than re-plumbing the whole property. Um, Have you looked into HUD? What's it called? Can you repeat that? HUD? HUD?
1: I'll look into it for you and I'll, I'll, okay. I'll find it and I'll let you know. Cause uh, I think there is a way where you don't really have to redo the whole plumbing, but in the end uh, you, you, you manage to uh, build it back to the tenants.
0: Okay. Actually, the plumbing is the, the, the lower thing. It's the electricity. That's more important to split up for me to not be okay. paying for that. So do you have other multifamilies or just you just to the trailer park so far?
1: I also have an eight unit. Okay. Uh, and a few, a few fourplexes, triplexes, uh, yeah, that's the extent of it.
0: Cool. And so are they all in the, the same area in Am- uh, Arizona, the same sort of spot? You no, home? Only the
1: mobile home. The one mobile home park is in Arizona. The rest okay. is in New Brunswick.
0: Oh, it's all in New Brunswick. Okay. So when you were starting to do your uh, multifamily, the mobile home park down in the States, uh, what kind of financing did you do and where did you find it?
1: So unfortunately to qualify with uh, agencies such as a uh, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, you need a, a green card, which I do not have.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there were a few options. You can go to uh, a unions, but uh, what's very common with smaller products, like smaller mobile home parks is uh, seller carry. And that's the route we, uh, we went for and, um, uh, it was really simple. I mean, I had been uh, looking on LoopNet uh, for real estate agents and I, I had identified this real estate agent as the one specializing in smaller parks. Uh, yeah, so I approached him and I really I simply told him our situation. We had so much to invest for the down payment and, uh, and he created the deal. He, he called up uh, in, fund, fund investors he knew who had properties in that price range. With that, who would carry such, um, uh, such a vendor take back. And uh, that's how we got on that. Um, so we negotiated the terms, uh, 30-year amortization, balloon 10 years, and 7%. And with uh, we had to put 20% down only.
0: That's great, though, that you found someone that could go craft that for you. So when you were looking to find the the matchmaker, like the real estate agent, was it, Were you just looking to someone who had a lot of listings, or what were you looking for? Uh,
1: someone who had a lot of listings, because uh, I knew that meant they had a lot of connections, and they were, you know, hardworking and uh, yeah, um, were connected. And that's the route we went, and uh, yeah,
0: I don't, I don't regret it. Cool. So whenever you were giving him your criteria. Besides, like the price and stuff, were you insisting on a certain cap rate, a certain cash flow? Um, what was uh, you don't have to give me what your numbers were, but what was your focus? You were looking for.
1: Uh, basically, uh, I knew what cap rates to expect in that area, and uh, he would send me the numbers, and I would run the numbers very quickly, and yeah. then, then I knew, you know, if the cap rate was attractive to us or not, and. Um, And we, we bought a park that had a few uh, park-owned homes. And, yeah. uh, you know, like you have to do, it's part of our business plan. It's to sell them to the, to the, to the tenants. And uh, there, a, there are new laws now in uh, Arizona where you need to be a dealer to sell, to sell homes oh. to tenants. Yeah. And uh, so we need to hire a dealer to do that now.
0: That sounds like it. Extra pain, <laughs> yeah. Some extra cost, yeah. An extra cost, an extra person getting their hand in the cookie jar, yeah. <laughs> you got the property down uh, there, and you have got the guy to figure that all out for you. Are you still looking to get more mobile pump? Are you still looking to get more mobile home parks in uh, Arizona, or is that the end of Arizona for you?
1: So, uh. The plan for Arizona is to – so there are some homes that are pretty old and are going to need a rehab, so we're going to rehab those homes. Yeah. Um, And once this is done, the idea is to sell sell this park to buy a a bigger one.
0: Okay.
1: Using the 1031 exchange. And there is a maritime connection there because uh, one of the specialists of 1031 exchanges uh, in that area is uh, from Nova Scotia. So he's Canadian and knows. uh, So you
0: have a you have a good Canadian connection to do ten thirty one exchanges. Yes, you found that you can. They're they're pretty confident. They've done this multiple times. This uh, CPA.
1: Yes, and uh, I have I've taken some notes from my conversation with them, and in essence, uh, the U.S. has no issues. Yeah, no. It's just Canada with some form of withholding tax. And basically, uh, you get that back when you, from what I remember, you get that back when you file your taxes.
0: Wait, so you're, you're doing a 1031 in the States, and Canada's going to do a a, withhold, like a a tax that they're going to withhold? or uh, Canada is going to want
1: to see some money. So we qualify for a 1031 exchange, no matter where we are from, including Canada. If selling U.S. real estate and buying U.S. real estate. We save 25 to 30 percent capital gains tax. The only restriction for foreign nationals is that the IRS holds 15 percent in escrow if over 300,000, which is called fiata. We get it back when filing the tax return. We don't okay. need to full to fill out a full tax return for that.
0: Uh, when you got started in doing these uh, these multifamily buildings and the apartment homes. Did you start with some mentorship or how did you how did you figure all this out? Did you do some training or how did you get there?
1: So that's a that's a great question. Um, I truly believe that mentorship can allow an investor to avoid uh, costly mistakes. So and I also believe that uh, the value of mentorship has to do with when you pay for mentorship, uh, you also commit yourself to your mentor and to your education, which which makes sense to me. Um, for me, my mentors, I was extremely motivated uh, and my mentors were initially the authors of the books I was reading.
0: Oh, that's great. <laughs> yes.
1: So dedicated I was, I would take notes and inside a document called uh, real estate mentors. And yep. uh, so I would have those quotes that would guide guide me through through investing. And um, also along the way, I qualified. So I, I told you earlier, I was making forty five thousand dollars a month, a year. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. a month! A month! I don't think you would have quit that job. <laughs> a year, sorry.
1: Yeah. So I qualified for only so many mortgages, uh, yeah. two to be exact, yeah. uh, with the help of a mortgage broker. And then I hit my uh, I hit the wall, uh, like we say in real estate investing, and. Um, I told my, uh, my real estate agent, listen, uh, I'm happy to buy more, but uh, the bank is not going to finance me anymore. And it so happened that in the local community, uh, she knew of, a, of an investor, of a lender, a private lender, yeah. who uh, used to do first mortgages. So there were a few conditions to invest with him. We had an initial meeting that went very well, and uh, we, we liked each other from the get-go. And uh, he always wanted to be in first position, so that was one of the parameters. Safer, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, and that's he was my first mentor, my first uh, real life mentor, and uh, it created a win-win situation where he helped me. Uh, he helped me train my eye so that I would be able to identify good properties. Uh, he always said, you know, you have to first when you inspect a property you go for the you go to the basement that's where you evaluate your property first uh, go run away from um, con- uh, cement blocks but uh, port foundations are better uh, yes. avoid flat roofs if you can uh, peach roof are better um, so he would help me and uh, he wanted a good he wanted me to buy a good property because he you know his money was invested and that helped me because I also wanted to buy good properties for you know the future of the, the portfolio. And um so that was one mentor. And later on, as I was buying more real estate from uh a particular individual, uh that person granted me uh a seller financing. We did a uh, vendor yep. kind of take back. A
0: vendor take back, yeah.
1: And uh also that was uh Something new that I was learning how to do, how to negotiate vendor takebacks, and uh, he also became a, a mentor. So that when I would run into complicated situations, because he was from the area, we would uh, have conversations together, and he would guide me uh, and help me make decisions.
0: Curious. When you're doing uh, seller financing in Canada, do you use a fin- oh, Sorry, a servicing company. Like whenever I've done it in the states, we're always running it through. Like I never actually pay the guy that I got the money from. Uh, I'm always paying this other company and they do they handle all the transaction in the middle is that oh, yeah. something or did you have like basically write right to him like it was I'm just just worried about wondering about the connection
1: we used a lawyer the lawyer drafted the documents for the mortgage Yep. as well as did the transaction and then uh, I pay him directly
0: you pay him directly okay yeah. that, that makes things a lot simpler to actually cuz like for me I have to call another company that calls him and it's yeah kind of convoluted but no okay Cool. go ahead
1: and uh, yeah, so that was my second mentor. And uh, these days, so I moved from Toronto, Ontario to London, Ontario because my wife uh, is now a professor at uh, Western and it so happened that through her and a, friends of, a friend of hers, I met my current uh, business mentor. So he's not really um, a real estate mentor. I really wish I could have a, a real estate mentor, somebody who's walking the walk and is where I would like to be in five years. So I, I have to say I, I miss that. But he's a great business mentor in sense in the sense that uh, he has a very successful company here in London. He has uh, in his in his industry is the number one in Northern America.
0: If people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do so?
1: Um, I have a website. Yep. It's called the mindfulinvestor.net. Okay. And uh, they can leave me a message that way or they can just send me a text message that I don't mind giving my phone number. Sure. It's 416-826-2104.
0: Perfect. I'll add that in the show notes if people wanted to track you down. Maybe they're invest- interested in investing in one of your projects or just learn some more about these different topics we ch- that we <laughs> tackled and talk tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.